Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. No, don't worry about that right now. It's too late. Just go ahead. Danielle, if you do not mind, go up. Uh, Danielle, if you do not mind, please send me the Wednesday night prayer list. The Wednesday night prayer list updated. The updated prayer list. You can send it to my phone. Send it to uh, via email. And uh, I would appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I want to continue to preach in your hearing by the grace of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And by the way we had a dynamic uh, devotional service earlier today. Standing between the living and the dead. <clears throat> but tonight I want to continue to preach in your hearing. The prayer that God will refuse to answer. For every child of God. Part 7. Praying through the Bible, message number, Wednesday night number 497. Please turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, that... Um, it may take you a while to get to where you can fully understand this passage. It is so revolutionary, so counter-culture, counter-human nature. But once you get to the point where you can grasp it and understand it, it will change your life. If you will, it piggybacks, Paul piggybacks on what Jesus Christ said. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. It's one of my favorite passages, and uh, a passage that all of my children know. Especially my youngest daughter, Danielle Elizabeth Breedlove White. For I would have her to quote it to me as I was getting old in age and I didn't quite get all the words as I used to. And uh, I would have her to quote it sometimes when I saw she was 
down a little bit. And I have, my children have heard me quote it and read it and uh, say it many times over the years. And I hope that they will carry that with them throughout their life. For Jesus Christ made it clear that in this world, even with you having Jesus Christ in your life, contrary to the false preaching that has gone on for the last 60 to 80 years, I guess, that has helped to destroy much of the church. The so-called prosperity gospel is a lie. They, they believe not only you should be rich all of the time, but uh, that is Christians, Christians, but everything ought to go well for you all of the time, and if it's not, uh, you don't have faith in God. That is contrary to the Bible. That is not true. Based upon the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, God's people always have trouble. And tonight you're going to hear uh, one of the reasons why. Maybe two of the reasons why. Um, I do want to say I thank the Lord for the first sixth, uh, the rather the first six services that we've had in this series, with the Lord blessing me to find something to share with you. Over three or four of them regarding can your spouse be used by the devil to be a thorn in the flesh? The answer is yes. And, uh, and if you divorced your spouse because they bothered you and agitated you and tried to provoke you, then you might be losing, you on the losing end. God uh, provided that spouse for you for a reason. And now that you are divorced, you're going to see why. Uh, God puts us in the crucible of marriage for a reason. Because, see, we really don't know what we're made of until most of us until we are in a marriage situation that is with a man and a woman i don't know anything about the monstrosity of a man and a man being together and i don't care if you like it a woman and a woman being together uh that's not marriage that is devilish and demonic activity and uh, if you're doing that tonight and you're mad about what I'm saying, you need to repent. If you're willing to repent, we'll be fine. And you need to get out of that mess. And uh, if you are a man, you need to be with a woman. And if you're with a woman and you're a woman, uh, you need to be with a man. Uh, so I'm not talking to you. I'm talking I'm talking to men and women who are together, which is the most beautiful thing on God's green earth. When a man loves a woman and a woman loves a man. 
And so uh, there's a reason why God put you together. This, this, yes, this passage can be applied to marriage because nobody can rub you the wrong way like a spouse. You understand? Iron sharpened with iron. It may be rough for a while, but God can break you down and make you be, make you, break you, break you, and make you to be what he wants you to be. Through marriage, when you have to put up with somebody for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years and deal with it in a Christ-like way, the way God wants you to deal with it. So, uh, don't poo-poo on your marriage. Stop complaining and whining about your marriage and looking over the fence where it appears that the grass is greener. God's got you right where he wants you. If you married the person, which that takes God a lot of work to get sinful human beings married, to get somebody to marry you. Because we are sinners with a... uh, sin manufacturing apparatus in us called our sinful nature none of us are really worth the flip without God and that's that's what this passage is about my friends God is basically telling you that you can't do this thing called the Christian life without me and part of your salvation is the joy that comes from me to do what you ought to do and and to have the power to do it because I'll give you the power to do it. I'll give you the power to love your wife so that your marriage can stay together. I'll give you the power to love your husband so that your marriage can stay together and you can uh, enjoy the benefits of marriage together. But I will use your marriage to break down your pride, your stubbornness, your rebelliousness, your attitude of I'm I'm just this way and so you got to deal with me this way. No, we don't have to deal with you that way. You need to change, baby. And that's what marriage will do for you. It will break you and make you and mold you. It will help you to stop being selfish and only concerned about yourself. Me, 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 me. That's what this is about. As you will see further. For we may be here a while. And I thank the Lord for my sons. Dr. Greer. A dear brother out of, I believe, Raleigh, Durham area. He told preachers today that you need to invest in good sermon research people once the money is available to do that. 
I thank God. And, and I, I said back, but if you have two sons or three sons or three or four daughters, they can assist you. That's right. My daughters have helped me with my sermons at times. Yes, they have. And a few times when uh, my oldest son was acting up, uh, my daughter Danny and Danita jumped in and helped me out. And uh, But I want to thank my youngest son, uh, Daniel Ezekiel, who told me coming out of the womb, I am not a preacher. I'm not. I'm not a preacher. <laughs> and he knew early on he was not called to be a preacher. So, my beloved, let's turn in the Bible <clears throat> to Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Hopefully, our technician has fixed up Gospel Light Society. You should be able to hear me preach live there. Gospel Light House of Prayer. You should be able to hear me preach live there. Uh, uh, Daniqua, uh, Danielle, Danzika, check that. Make sure all of that is working. Something happened where it was stuck. Go to church online. I should be able to preach. I should be preaching live there. DanielWhiteTheThird.com uh, BCNN1 BlackChristianNews.com Facebook Daniel White Third, Facebook page Gospel Light Society Facebook page um, Black Christian News BCNN1 Facebook page We should be live all of those places. If not, text us, email us, let us know. And uh, there are other places too that we ought to be uh, preaching at. <clears throat> and you can hear the podcasts on multiple sites around the world. Uh, not all of our sites, but many. And so, let's read the Word of God. Paul wrote, inspired by the Holy Ghost, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Get puffed up. Become arrogant. You see it's hard for people to stay humble when God has gifted them and and use them in a mighty way, and they know it. 
the revelations that Paul received, most people could not have handled. And so God had to buffet him so that he would stay humble. How many of you need that tonight? For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. He, like us, we don't like to be buffeted. We don't like, humanly speaking, tribulations and troubles, do we? That's why this is so revolutionary, this whole concept of a thorn in the flesh is counter history. This was a new thing. This was a new revelation from God to Paul to help Christians to understand to not be envious of the wicked who look like they got it going on all of the time. It is an age-old problem. Why am I buffeted? One of my first hymns that I uh, fell in love with, if you will, was Father Alone will know all about it. Father Alone will understand why. So cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll all understand it. We all we will understand it all by and by. That's that's over forty years ago when I learned that song. It blessed my heart then. Why? Because if you're not careful as a child of God, you can become envious of the wicked. Seem like everything goes their way. And nothing goes your way as a child of God. It's always rough. It's always tough. And he said unto me, My grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Every God-called preacher knows what I'm talking about. Very few preachers go to the pulpit pumped up. They, they, they go with a sense of weakness. And then they are amazed what God does with them. They say things they never thought about. They use words that they never learned. They used expressions and illustrations that didn't come in the study. They came straight from heaven. And then they walk away amazed at what God can do. I always got tickled with these young preachers. I had a bunch of young preachers around me when I first got saved. They called us preacher boys. Most of them are not even in the ministry anymore. I don't even know, some, some of them may not even be in the faith anymore. I, I need to check on that. <clears throat> I know, and I think one or two, they're dead. But I got tickled uh, with how they would talk about how, they, how excited they are to preach. 
And I never had that excitement about preaching. I had great excitement about having preached and, and seeing God use a wretch like me. But I never, I never was excited about preaching like these preachers were. You say, preacher, aren't you called to preach? Yes, I'm called to preach. And God knows I'm called because I didn't want to preach. That's the last thing on earth I wanted to do. I didn't want to have anything connected with my father, Daniel White, Jr. I cursed and swore when my friends told me, you're going to be a preacher like your father. I cursed and swore, cursed and got mad at them. I remember one day I was sitting on the porch looking to the west. The sun was going down, I believe, uh, or something like that. All I remember is the sun was going down over the horizon. I was sitting on the porch with one of my many girlfriends at the time. and. Uh, she looked at me, uh, we were hugged up, should not have been on her parents' porch. And she said, you're going to be a preacher like your father one day. I got so angry with that girl, I left her on sitting on the porch. I cursed her and, and left. I did not want to be associated, all preacher children, all preacher's children, they know this. They don't want to be associated with the preacher. Who knows, I may have a few children like that. It's all right. I know how it is. That's why I let them go free like a bird. Uh, just remember that Papa is praying for you. And, uh, and that's not a good thing for you if you want to do wrong. Anyway, the Bible reads, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my in, uh, infirmities. Now, let me share with you what this word infirmities means. Sometimes you people just read stuff and you don't know what it means. Infirmities mean, means physical or uh, mental weakness. Old age and infirmity come to men and women alike when you're feeling kind of weak and feeble. And most of us in America, we don't like to feel that way. Frailty, weakness, feebleness, we don't like to admit that. Why? Because we're so proud. We're not humble to accept. I mean... You know how it is. Those of us who are growing older, you know you can't move like you used to, but you won't admit it. You won't even admit it to yourself. But your body says, hold up. Your body says, hold up. You can't move like that. <laughs> you can't move like that anymore. Doc, hold up. Wait a minute. You better get your stand up and get your balance <laughs> before you start moving. Huh? That's why... See, people, uh, they have infirmities when they fall down. Older people, they fall down. Huh? 
We have to, when you get on up in there, you got to swivel that chair around and then put your feet down on solid ground and then pray to get up. <laughs> huh? Infirmities. Frailty. Fragility. And this is not only physically, but mentally. Your eyesight may not be what it used to be. You may not be able to think as quickly as you used to. That's why you're taking Prevagen, hoping that Prevagen will help you. You can't remember things. You walk into a room to get something, then you forget what you walked into the room for. And you start looking around for the thing, that you hope, hoping that something would jog your memory. <laughs> Infirmities. <laughs> Woo. Mm -mm -mm. You put down something down on the table and then forget what you put down. Therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And by the way, the older you get, the more you better trust in the Lord to help you. Because see, the Lord will not forsake you in your old age. Family will, friends will, uh, the people who employed you for many years will, but the Lord will not forsake you. He'll be there to help you. Therefore, I take pleasure. Now, I want you to notice that word pleasure. Now, this, this is revolutionary. I mean, this is big time stuff right here. Now, I, I notice what Paul is saying. He says, rather, I take pleasure in infirmity. And I'm, I want to tell you this straight up. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, you have no clue what this man is talking about. You have no clue. You must be born again to understand this. Paul said, I take pleasure. He didn't say, I endure infirmities and tribulations. He said, I take pleasure in it. See, only Jesus can do that for you on the inside. Now, 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 I, I have noticed this in my life, that I, 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 I take pleasure in the difficulties. I take pleasure in Judas's turning against me, family members turning against me, friends turning against me. I take pleasure in it. Because for some reason I believe that God is going to do something great. Whenever, whenever, and he always does. Whenever somebody walks away from me or whenever I'm going through a particularly difficult time, I believe God is going to do something even greater. I told you that, and I, I, I told my wife this yesterday, I told her this today. Whenever she is, has a nasty attitude from hell, acting like a demon, 
uh, blowing, rolling her eyes and all of that, being disrespectful. I have told her this thousands of times. My children have heard me tell her this. We're going to have a great service today. You're an indicator of the devil, uh, the devil fighting against me. And you're an indicator that we're gonna, God's going to do something wonderful in the services. I've told her that. She's right here. I've told her that for years. Because there, there is no, there's no human reason why she should act like that, claiming to be a Christian. Other than the devil. It's nothing personal. I, I don't get angry about it. In the early years, I didn't understand what was happening. Uh, in the early years before the children came. And, uh, and uh, I had to uh, deal with her about it. Now I don't have to, I don't have to say anything about it. I just say, boy, I tell you, we're going to have a great service. I learned. I learned. And I learned to take pleasure in it. And now I laugh about it. It doesn't even bother me. It doesn't faze me. And I and and I I think that she's disappointed. It does not faze me. This is reality, people. If you are a true preacher of the, of the gospel, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody does not have the, these experiences because they're not serving God. They're not doing what God commanded them to do. So you you're not a danger to the devil. You're not doing God's will, so the devil's not worried about you. He's going to bother people who are praying all the time without ceasing, and then certainly a preacher who preaches every day. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. He wants that stop. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities. Now, you just learned the word infirmities weakness, um, sickly, you have some issues, things that bother you and annoy you. Paul took, in, took, took pleasure, pleasure in, in, in those things. That's, that's deep. That's deep right there, okay? Do you take pleasure in your infirmities? Or do you complain and witch and bother everybody in the world about how poorly you are and how sick and weak you are and, and you, take, you take some kind of wicked pride in it instead of pleasure in it? See, this is why many churches stop testimony service. Hello, lights. Amen, lights. I know I'm right about it. Pastors had to stop testimony service because people would come in there and gripe and complain about what they're going through and, and, and want people to think that they're heroes. We got sick of it, so we stopped it. All of us. Everybody. You, 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 were, you, you were, unless you dunk back down in Podunk somewhere, you're not going to find a testimony service. We even had to stop prayer requests on Wednesday night. Lest we get multiple mini sermons from Sister Jackson, uh, Sister uh, Baxter, and uh, uh, Sister Johnson. 
and then you always had a little effeminate man in there. He he get up there popping, and so forth and so on. It, it, that's going to take an hour, because each one is going to try to outdo the other. We stopped that. The church stopped it. Pastor stopped it. We got we got to sit bed sit down. We can't have this anymore. She takes up twenty minutes, and it's out of order. We stopped it. Because Christians got to the point where they didn't they didn't take pleasure in their infirmities. They wanted to show off with them. And try to get sympathy from other people. So uh, so as they walk out the door, uh, so on, you know, you get several people saying, I I'll be praying for you. I, I didn't know you were going through that. I tell you. And see, this is why George Meyer's theme is so revolutionary among women. I know some of you women don't like George Meyer's, but we men, we love her. Because you know what she tells you every day? Get over yourself and stick with the Bible. Do what the Bible says. All these feelings and emotions, all that, how you got, you people got thousands and thousands of emotions and feelings about everything. And, and, and you get offended so easily about anything. Get over yourself and be a godly wife and mother. And that's coming from a woman who's been through hell and back. I don't even want to repeat what she's been through. She doesn't repeat it over and over again. She might have said something about it once or twice. That's it. If anybody had a reason to complain, it's George Myers. And all she's saying to you women is... Get over yourselves uh, and do what the Bible tells you to do. Meditate on the Bible. Don't keep bringing up stuff that is not going to help anybody and is not going to help you. Because, see, there's some people, they love misery. They, they're drama queens and drama kings and they love misery in the wrong way. Now Paul had pleasure in his infirmities because by the grace of God he would overcome them by God's grace. Paul had pleasure because he would get God's strength in his weakness because his strength is made perfect in weakness, my beloved. He took pleasure in reproaches, necessities, in necessities, not having the necessities such as bread, water. Just some beans and rice, which I told you all last night you need to invest in some beans and rice. You need to go and load up on some beans and rice because things are getting worse. You think things are bad now, you wait till this election is over. There, there are things that you will not be able to buy. Paul said, I took, 
I, I take pleasure rather in persecutions, people persecuting me, in distresses. Distresses is something else. We're going to get to all of these words. For Christ's sake. He did it all for Christ's sake. It's not about you. See. So many of you think it's all about you. That's what the false prosperity gospel taught you too. It's all about you and what, how, how are you going to be blessed today? It's not about you. It's about Christ. Everything we do should be for his sake. Even going without necessities. And before some of you start complaining about necessities, go to your, your cabinet. I call it the cabinet in the kitchen. My mother, my wife calls it the cupboard, cupboard or something like that. Some English Jamaican stuff. Cupboard. There have been many a day. We didn't have money for uh, the kind of food we would, we wanted to have. And so we went to the cabinet and into the corner of the refrigerator and we, we found some things and put it together and made a meal out of it. Have you ever done that? Some of the best food you'll ever have. One time we were so poor that I found some, uh, a bag of ramen, ramen noodles we had a little bit of uh, beef left, half of a quarter of an onion, and a little piece of garlic, and uh, a little bit of sweet peas, uh, and then I, I made something out of it, and it became a dish in our family. We call it the poor man's meal. Ramen noodles. Uh, a little, a little beef, uh, sweet peas, and uh, oh yeah, the other thing was fried okra. So a little bit of fried okra, you know, the okra that's cut up and has the flour on it. That'll make your tongue slap your brain out your head right there. And that that cost pennies back though. Back in those days, that cost pennies. I suggest you get some of that too. But you're going to need the poor man's meal. I can't eat it like I used to. But Paul rejoiced in necessities. when He couldn't even get the necessary things. For when I am weak, Paul said, inspired by the Holy Ghost, then am I strong. This is why I, I, I won't give you two cents for a preacher who talks about he loves to preach. I, he's probably not called, probably not even saved. Because there's a, a weakness that comes up in you that is evident. Uh, God allows things in a preacher's life that makes him understand that he's weak and he needs God's power. And, and, and that's not a comfortable feeling particularly living in America. And I believe most preachers would testify that if they're, if they're called to preach and they're saved and they're being used by God, 
there's a strange thing that happens on Saturdays before preaching. There's a there's a weakness thing that is taking place. I cannot I cannot tell you all of the things that happen on Saturdays going into Sundays, but it's a strange thing. It's strange. It's strange. And it and it shows your weaknesses and Strange, you have strange thoughts for the preacher on Saturday going into Sunday. These thoughts come from the devil and they're designed to depress you. To make you feel kind of some kind of way. And, 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 and there's a darkness about it that comes over you Saturday going into Sunday. Only God called preachers would know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Dr. Michael Beats said, Well, let's pray first. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who told us, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And Lord, in my feebleness, after preaching for over 43 years by your grace, and uh, right at seven years nearly every day under your leadership, uh, Lord, uh, I thank you that even though I feel my weakness, I thank you that I'm able to stand here tonight and preach your holy word and preach your holy gospel and to pray to you. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray uh, for Walter McDonald's family that you would comfort them and comfort the church uh, as he has gone on. Uh, up a little higher. <clears throat> Thank you for the privilege that we had to meet and to communicate and to serve together and the privilege of preaching in his church many years ago. His first wife, <clears throat> Genevieve, is already there. Uh, we do hope. And so, Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the times of fellowship that we have enjoyed together. And Holy Father God, I pray and I thank you, Lord, for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. I praise you and I thank you tonight Lord, for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, uh, 
mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Down through the years, and for Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are saved in my family, in this audience tonight, and in this country and around the globe, please have mercy and grace, Lord, upon us. <clears throat> for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults. And thank you, Lord, for your humbling ability to, so that we can acknowledge that we have sinned and confess our sins and ask for your forgiveness. Crush and crucify, Lord, our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh within us. Help us to die to self, and Lord, keep us humble. And fill us, Lord, with afresh and anew, with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard at our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. For those of us who are saved, uh, in my family, in this audience, across the country and around the globe. Deliver us tonight, even, even during the afterglow uh, of this service. Deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right, and to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Help us all to depend upon you, to trust in you, to walk by faith and not by sight. And Holy Father God, help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and repent of our sins. And help us to take heed to this passage of Holy Scripture. And to take pleasure in our infirmities and reproaches and tribulations and persecutions. Thank you for the liberty to pray against them. If you're not using them in our lives. But Lord, help us to embrace them going forward. For you are, if we have them in our lives, we know that you are using them for our good. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost. Starting with my own wife, who I believe is religious, but lost. And my own family members, her mother, her aunts, and her family members, my mother and my sisters, and others. Have your Holy Ghost and not give them rest until they come to know you as Savior and protect them, Lord, from a false assurance when in reality they are in disobedience to you. For you have said very clearly, if you love me, keep 
my commandments. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? And so, Holy Father God, help us to remember that. And then, Lord, uh, save those who are lost around the world, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving in the multiplied millions. But help them to learn what you want them to learn. Help them to understand they need to turn to you, for there's no other help in this world. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do pray that you would continue to lift our burdens that can be lifted, our cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding and your joy unspeakable. Lord, whatever can't be lifted, According to your will, let it stay and help us to embrace it and to take pleasure in it. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver us tonight from all distresses and afflictions that you can release us from. Have all distresses and afflictions to stay behind as well as tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, and tests stay behind if you're using them to break us and to make us and to mold us and to keep us humble, to keep us prayerful. Lord, I thank you even for my wife who has been a thorn in the flesh all of these years. And I do not say that facetiously. I mean that. And I thank you for even showing me that uh, in even a fresh and new way. And uh, at the same time, I want her to be saved so that she can enjoy the Christian life and have an easier time at it and have peace and assurance in her soul that when she dies, she will go to heaven. And Holy Father God, I pray, Deliver us also from spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student to progress problems. Help all of my children to be quick to take advantage of the uh, loan forgiveness and to do it right and to stick with it and be thankful for it. I still pray that you'll have the government to wipe it out. They can do it if they want it to. Uh, and so, Holy Father God, I do pray and I thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are. For they could be worse, they should be worse, because we have not been good to you, even though you have been very good to us. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight on this Wednesday night, for we're living in treacherous times and perilous times where people are being killed at random. People don't even know each other. And if you're standing uh, near the train tracks, people will push you a stranger onto the railroad tracks when a train is coming. <laughs> 
People are being killed at random. They don't even have to know you now. So, Holy Father God, protect all of my family, protect especially all of my children, and protect all of the families that have gathered tonight, protect all of uh, all Christians everywhere around across this country and around the globe. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh and the devil, and from the demons of hell. <clears throat> protect, Lord, my daughter Danny, Daniel, my son Daniel, my daughter Danita, my daughter Danae, my daughter Daniqua, my son Daniel Ezekiel, my daughter Danielle, my son Duran, my daughter uh, Danielle Tequila, and uh, my granddaughter Quasia, and all of my offspring. Bless them all, protect them all, and protect us all from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, uh, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Tonight, on this Wednesday night, place upon us all the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow and have all that we do to be done for your glory, your praise, and your honor. And for the glory, praise, and honor of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is in his name we pray tonight and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Michael Beach said, and I want you to get this, affliction and suffering have been appointed by God. Affliction and suffering have been appointed by God. as instruments he uses to make us more holy. You know, kind of like he said in the scriptures, I am holy, be ye holy, for I am holy. He means that. He means that. See, In fact, everything in the Bible, God means. Do not take it lightly, for that's where you will get into trouble. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And see, suffering and uh, afflictions will help you with that. Chastisement from God will help you with that. I said it this morning, and I've said it before. Daniel White the third, moi, I am here with my wife and have been with her for 34 years. <clears throat> By the grace of God, I'm not here because I fear my wife. I'm here because I fear God. And because, see, the chastisement and trouble that God can put down on you, he, 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 
It's like he's not even trying, but it's very, very bad for you, and it's going to be a while. See, I learned that from my first and only chastisement. That is not only the pressure and the pain of his affliction and chastisement upon you, you must understand and remember that God is not in time. We want it to be over today or next week, but see, God has a different mentality about things, and it will last. Your chest, the reason why you don't want to get God started on you, because it's going to be a while. I'm talking years, man, depending on the situation. Months and years. I don't have that many years left. So Danny B going to stay put, and he's not going to do like some of these other preachers and some of these other uh, so, so-called gospel singers and give me some little sweet thing and go off to France and get married again. I'm not doing that. Not because I don't want to, but I'm not doing that because I like being blessed. With the few years I got left, a few months I got left, I like being blessed. I like God's favor. I do not like chastisement. That's not fun. Uh, and let me tell you this. You would rather be chastised by your parent than to be chastised by God because it's going to be real. These things make us more holy. To make us more like Jesus. Glory be to God. They remind us that we are weak. You need to be reminded because sometimes you think you're strong, but we're weak. That's not an excuse, that's a reality. And we must rely not on ourselves. God wants us to remember that because when we step off into that, we fall flat on our faces. Sure, preacher, why, is that the reason why you pray so long and you pray so much? Yes, that's right. Uh, I, I, I need God's help, for real. And we must rely not on ourselves, but on Jesus, on God. They remind us that this world is not our home, see. We need to be reminded of that. Our thorns in the flesh, our afflictions, our troubles remind us, does it not, that this is not our home? How many of you are getting older and you, you understand fully? In fact, you, you, you get to the point where you don't like much about this world. Have you got to that point? Not, not because you are suicidal. No, I'm not talking crazy like that. But, but, but you realize more and more that this world is not your home. You even sit down and look at a little television you're disgusted even with the news, because this world is not your home. And I, I will tell you something that will help you get along with that idea and that concept. Serve God every day. God will make your life so interesting, uh, so fulfilled, if you serve Him every day. Do a job for God every day. 
if it, and this goes for everybody, not just preachers. Preachers in this day and time ought to be preaching every day. And there's some there's some preachers and pastors. They learn how you know they learn they've learned how to preach in ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, especially those who have been on television, and and have a full message. Especially my white brethren, like Charles Stanley and them, uh, buddy. They can they can say that Dr. Tony Evans same way. They can say. Uh, a whole lot in 20 minutes and be done with it. Can you? Would you do that, preachers? Those of you who are called to preach. God has given you the tools and the avenues to do it with, man. Those of you who still have family devotions, put that on a podcast. Do it live from your home with your wife and children. People need it. You say, well, uh, don't you do that, preacher? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I'm sure you don't want me to step on your toes. Man, it's, it's, there are billions of people on earth. We need all the help we can get. I ain't, I'm not worried about that. And, and if you're a pastor, do that for your church. They, they're not having devotions. Most of your church, they have, don't, half of your church don't even know what devotions are. I, I lovingly urge you, if you are a God-called preacher, you have your family devotions online. You get before a mic every day, not just on Sundays. Too, this time, there's too much going on. People need to hear the word every day. By the grace of God, I've been doing it for right at seven years. To be exact, I believe it's going to be seven years in March. Preaching nearly every day. I've had a few days off. And I, I felt guilty on those days. <laughs> because... Uh, I mean, uh, to me, in my spirit, the way God has wired me and called me, that's the least I can do. He's preached once a day uh, since he set me up to do it. Get on Facebook. Get on uh, YouTube, whatever. You say, well, uh, I don't think I'm going to have a great crowd. Don't worry about the crowd. You're not doing it for the crowd. The crowd killed Jesus. What are you talking about, man? Most most preachers who tell the truth, they're not going to have a great crowd. I told my daughter, Danny, years ago when she was helping me set up the podcast ministry. Now we got thousands of podcasts, literally thousands of podcasts. Millions of people have listened. But I told my daughter, Danny, when we first started, and neither I didn't know what we were doing. She knew better than I did. And, and, and that child sat there with me and helped me to do it probably to, I, mean, I guess we got to number 300 or 400, 500, I don't know how many, it was a lot. To make sure I do it right. And, and I told her when we first started, I said, if we just get two or three people, I'm fine with that. 
I meant that. I, I, I didn't know what we were doing. And then the number started climbing and climbing and climbing. By the way, uh, Daniel, Ezekiel, Daniqua, Danielle, the prayer motivator, devotional, needs to be uh, put on a WP site. Prayer motivator minute needs to be put on the WP site. It may be already, but it's not connected. When you click the link, it's not connected. So, uh, so people can go there directly. And they need to flow on those sites. But that we are only passing through. You know that hymn. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Toward our real home in heaven with our Father, the really real place. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Are you going to heaven tonight? If you were to die tonight, where would you go? Heaven or hell? If you don't know, listen up. Here's how you can get a home in heaven, and it is free. You say, preacher, you mean that I don't have to pay for it? I don't have to give a whole lot of money for it. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to earn it. No, it's already paid for in full. Just realize and understand that you are a wicked, evil sinner like me. We all have broken God's Ten Commandments. We have sinned against God by lying, by stealing, by lusting in our hearts towards people and things, at people and things. We have coveted what other people have. We have dishonored and disobeyed our parents. We have dishonored God by um, taking his holy name in vain, lying on God, swearing, using God's name to cover a lie. This is a great evil in God's sight. Some have committed adultery. Some have committed fornication, having sex outside of marriage. Adultery is having sex as a married person or with a married person. Homosexuality, a man with a man, is not only a sin, it is an abomination, and you're going to go to hell for that. Don't believe the lies of people telling you that that's not a sin. It is. <clears throat> and all of the other things I named are sins. For the Bible tells us, God's word tells us, the, uh, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes the Pope. That includes the Dalai Lama. That includes even Joel Osteen, as nice as he may be. Pastor of the largest church in America. We're all no good, rotten sinners. You're no better than I am. I'm no better than you. The Pope is a sinner. We're all sinners. Makes no difference how beautiful you are. 
there are some of us as men will look at a beautiful woman and say, surely she's not a sinner, but she is. Some of you men who think you're cute, you're a sinner too. People who are in high positions, they're sinners. Presidents are sinners. Prime ministers are sinners. We all have sinned against God. And then God tells us in his word that the wages of sin is death. That is the payment, the check that you get at the end of your life, the payment that you get is death. It is the first real punishment uh, for sin. Uh, the punishment of death. We die because we have a sinful nature. Now this is real talk, so pay attention. We produce sins. We have a sin factory inside of us. It goes on and on because of our sinful nature that we have gotten from our forefathers and foremothers. But we can't blame them, them because we have chosen to sin against God, knowingly or unknowingly. And so, the Bible says it is appointed on a man who wants to die. <clears throat> but after this, the judgment. And what God wants you to understand, my dear friends, is that if he will allow you to die because you're dying from your own sins, you don't die because of a car crash, you don't die because of uh, the coronavirus plague, you don't die because of cancer, <coughs> pardon me, you die because of your sin. We're all going to die. The tragedy about death is you don't know when. We are all on death row, not just the people in the prison house. We just, uh, we're in a worse situation because they know when they're going to die. We don't know when we're going to die. <coughs> so you need to be ready. God has you here tonight so that you can get ready. So that you can get your eternal life insurance policy squared away <clears throat> by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Jesus Christ said, ye must be born again. <clears throat> ye must be born again. To go to heaven, you must be born again. And then he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus came. God gave him up to suffer, to bleed, and to die on the cross for our sins. Church membership can't save you. Giving thousands of dollars, millions of dollars to the church will not save you. There's no need for you to go to heaven, heaven's gate. Talking about you, you gave a million dollars to the church. 
In fact, you won't make it to heaven's gate. You're going to be in hell talking that. Speaking, speaking in some unknown tongue is not the proof of your getting saved. Getting baptized does not mean that you're saved. The thief on the cross got saved and he never went to church. Why? Because he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said to him today, while he was on the cross dying for his sins and for your sins and mine, Jesus Christ said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He never got baptized. He never darkened a church door. He never shook the pastor's hand. He never received the right hand of fellowship. He never took the chair because the doors of the church are open. He got saved the first day of the church doors being open. The church doors have been open ever since because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And for the entire world. And all you have to do is believe in him. As he said. I know that may be hard for you to believe. I know you... It is our sinful nature that wants to do something for our salvation so that we can say we earned it. We did it. But it's all by God's grace. You don't have, you don't have enough money to pay for it. And you don't have enough time to work for it. It's not by works of righteousness that we do. It's about what Jesus Christ already did. If you get saved any other way, his death is in vain. And, and Jesus Christ did not die in vain. See? And so, my beloved, believe in him. Trust in him. And he'll help you with the rest. Believe in him. Call on his name as you believe in your heart. Call on his name in prayer. And ask him to save your soul and he will save you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell, my friend. I have to emphasize that. Because I almost went to hell as a young man from the church pews that my mother made me go to. You know why? Because... I never thought there was a real hell. Not one day of my life did I fear going to hell. We cursed with the word hell, telling people to go to hell and all of that kind of thing. One time I foolishly said I was going to drive the bus to hell. Dumb. Very stupid for me to say that. Trying to impress my friends. But you need to understand that Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. He preached more on hell than anybody in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He preached more on hell, the burning hell, by the way, the tormenting hell, than he did about heaven. 
And so, dear friend, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he suffered, he bled, and he died like no man for your sins. He was humiliated before the world. And if he was willing, God Almighty in the flesh, to be humiliated before the world, naked before the world, it pains me to even say it. They mocked him. And as the old black preachers used to say, he didn't say a mumbling word. And that's a lesson for those of us who are Christians, too. When people mock us, criticize us, and uh, persecute us, uh, we need to follow his example and, and don't say a mumbling word. Jesus Christ died for your sins and mine in the most cruelest ways. He was betrayed by his brethren according to the flesh. His even preacher brethren betrayed him, called him everything but a child of God, and he was the Son of God. He was betrayed by one of his church members, Judas, one of his chief church members, and a chief disciple, Peter, denied him not once, not only once, not only twice, but three times. And then the rest of the disciples forsook him and went fishing while he was dying on the cross. And they knew him. They saw him walk on the water. They saw him go to the tomb of Lazarus and say, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man came out walking in mummy-type clothes. They saw Jesus come to the uh, top of the boat and say to the wind, be quiet, and to uh, the waves to sit down. Peace be still, he said. And they were so amazed, they said, what manner of man is this? And yet they forsook him when they needed him the most. And do you know, in your own life, God will show you, people will forsake you when you need them the most. If you become a disciple of Christ, you will have that experience and other negative experiences. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it's going to be always... Uh, uh, easy is not. In fact, Jesus Christ said, as I've already quoted, uh, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's not always going to be easy, but he'll give you the grace uh, to overcome it and to be cheerful in it. That's the beauty of Christ. That's the beauty of God and his word. It's an amazing experience, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God. Shall we pray together? Repeat after me, phrase by phrase. 
as we pray the sinner's prayer. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked, evil sinner. And I have sinned against you repeatedly. I have broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. I understand that I cannot work for this salvation. I understand that I cannot pay any money for this salvation. That it, that it is your free gift to me by your grace. Lord Jesus Christ, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change my ways. Help me to repent of my sins. And help me to be a truly born-again Christian person. And to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, that's totally up to you. That's between you and God. Uh, and you pray that prayer together uh, with me, rather, and you meant it from your heart. And then may I say congratulations to you for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. It is the most beautiful thing you can do in this life, the greatest thing that you can do in this life, the most important thing you can do in this life, and so congratulations. Now, to help you grow in the faith, my dear friend, please go to gospellightsociety.com and tap on my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. For Jesus Christ said, I am the door, and you just entered in. And uh, uh, this little book will show you to the green pastures that Jesus Christ talked about. It has uh, the next steps that you need to take based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible. It just serves as a guide to get you where you need to go. And if you will do them, you'll be all right. And you'll grow in the faith and become a strong disciple in the Lord. 
Also, email us and let us know that you got saved. There should be an email on your platform. My personal email is dw, the numeral three, at gospellightsociety.com. You can email me directly if you have, and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. Also, you can ask for prayer, ask questions. We have more material that we can send you. And also, if you would go to Gospel Light Society podcast, there are literally thousands of podcasts that I have done in the teaching of the Word of God, in the preaching of the Word of God, for you to avail yourself of and uh, and listen to them and uh, receive instruction in the faith. On we have nearly different, uh, nearly fifty different podcasts uh, on different subjects. Um, prayer, reading of the Bible, preaching from the Bible, line upon line, chapter by chapter. Then the scripture in the sense is something you want to you want to listen to every day. Start at the beginning and just go right on through the Bible. I teach the Bible. Here a little there, a little verse by verse. The reading of the scripture, you can sit back with your tea in the morning and listen to me read the Bible to you if you don't feel like doing it. You need to read the Bible yourself every day. Uh, but if you have infirmities and you can't read, you can sit back and listen, or you can do both. Um, the devotionals that we do, we have three different devotionals. Uh, avail yourself to that as well. And uh, grow in the faith. If you listen to one podcast a day, you will grow thereby. Make sure you open your Bible and, and follow along. Dear friends, God bless you, and may God keep you. For those of you who are born again and saved now, pray without ceasing. Read the Word of God every day. Pray with your family. Read the Bible with your family. You preachers, stop waiting for Wednesdays. It's time out for that. Stop waiting for, some of you pastors don't even go to Wednesday night services anymore. Uh... And start waiting till Sundays. Uh, do something every day with your people. God has given you the tools to do it with. And I'm only calling on saved pastors, saved and born again preachers who are called by God. I'm only calling on preachers who have who have been called by God to do that because you know what I'm talking about. And more than likely, you'll do it. I'm not talking to volunteers. volunteer preachers I'm not I don't know what that is I'm talking to God called preachers who are saved by the grace of God and I'm talking to you because I believe you will do it if you have the strength and the stamina to do it I believe you will do it uh, don't 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 rust out for God burn out for God if you want to look at it that way but God has such a way with you.
that the more you serve him, the more strength he'll give you. So, we're going to um, listen to our uh, special hymns of the faith as we roll out uh, tonight. God bless you. Pray without ceasing. Without ceasing. Simplify. That's from the Marines. Always faithful. And Simple Supra. That's from the Air Force. My boys. Always above. God bless you. Lord willing. We'll see you on tomorrow.